Hello fellow cinephiles, and welcome to a bonus episode of One More Take. My name is Dimmy. During these bonus episodes, we will be revisiting the year in which the Academy awarded what we consider to be the wrong Best Picture winner. Or we revisit an Academy Award winner who won an Oscar for the wrong film. We know the Academy has a history of not always getting it right, so we will attempt to rectify these instances where we believe the Academy just got it wrong in our new segment, The Retake. Kicking off our first bonus episode are Sean and Jay. Take it away, lads. Good evening, Jay. What are we drinking tonight? I'm drinking the same uh, Merlot, 2016 Merlot that I was drinking last time. I am, you know, a creature of habit at this point in quarantine. I am drinking a uh, self-made jalapeno margarita, uh, Espolone Blanco. It is, uh, it's just great stuff. What a value. But Jay, we, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-pod, my (laughs) brother-in-life, This is our special first bonus episode for July 4th weekend, and we pod in dark times. The first half of 2020 has felt more like the first five minutes of Twister. But it's a holiday weekend. It's a time of hope, hope for a better summer. But before we go back in time and fix one of history's great blunders, and no, not the failure to campaign in Wisconsin, but rather the Academy's (laughs) failure to award two of our favorite actors their proper Oscar. I raise my jalapeno margarita to you, to friendship, and to movies, or whatever else can take your attention away from these interesting times we live in for a few minutes at a time. That's, to you. that's beautiful. Cheers, Sean. You know, tough to follow that, that, that rousing introduction by, by my brother and pod here. Um, but as, as, you know, Demilsa already mentioned, as Sean just talked about, we're uh, we're discussing writing wrongs here today, uh, and I'm very very excited to uh, talk about somebody who you know I, I believe is the greatest actor of his generation. Shum's probably going to disagree with me later, <laughs> um, and or or let let me say maybe the greatest movie star of his generation. Uh, this is the father of the guy who hopefully soon will be you know, the biggest movie star in the world uh, when Tenet comes out. Uh, please, 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 Tenet, please come out <laughs> in, in August or September or whenever. So this is uh, the father of John David Washington, uh, King Kong himself, uh, Denzel Washington, who, you know, shout out to my brother, who's like the biggest Denzel stan. Uh, so Dave Sen, I know, I know this episode is for you. <laughs> um, but Denzel has been working from 81, 1981, so, you know, before I was born, <laughs> to today. Uh, he was nominated eight times in, in that span. Uh, first in 88, uh, that was a supporting actor nomination. Uh, and then most recently in 2018, that was Roman J. Israel Esquire. Uh, his first two nominations were Cry Freedom, uh, which unfortunately I still haven't gotten around to seeing, but I'm now more interested in getting around to seeing. And then the second was Glory, for which he won uh, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, the others, uh, Malcolm X, Hurricane, Training Day, which we will talk about in a little bit because that's the one he won his Best Actor uh, Oscar for. As we mentioned, Roman J. Israel Esquire, uh, Flight, uh, those are all Best Actor nominations. And then Fences, he was, you know, he... He led the crew there on fences, so that was the best picture nomination. So, 
we started in 2002 or we get to 2002, 74th Academy Awards. Uh, and that's where he wins his Oscar. It's Training Day, uh, a phenomenal film, uh, a great Ethan Hawke performance, you know, a, an amazing Denzel Washington performance, of course. Uh, Well-deserved, I believe. You know, uh, Russell Crowe is there that year in A Beautiful Mind. Uh, Will Smith is there that year with Ali. Uh, if I were to look at it, I would probably give it to to Denzel. I think it's really tight there with Crowe and, and Smith. Um, but, I mean, the point, you know, that is being made here is that he should have won it earlier. He should have won the best pick, the best uh, actor Oscar earlier. Uh, and we'll get to, you know, which which role he should have won it for. So, Jay, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. Uh, I The question I have for you, um, besides should he have won it previously, is uh, it almost feels with Denzel, and it certainly feels this way with the guy that we're going to talk about a little later, Mr. Tom Hanks. Both actors, in a way, it almost feels like you can give their uh, first Oscar to any mm-hmm. role uh, at some point, and really any role they, they've uh, been in, obviously. Uh, I'm sure that for Tom Hanks, we may not give it to him for the Lady Killers. And, um, you know, Denzel, he could not get nominated for John Q and we could all sleep okay <laughs> at night. But these two dynamos, it, it almost feels any movie they do, uh, they just bring it 100% and they raise the level of the movie. Um, you know, I... I'm certainly going to go down the list with uh, Hanks, but going down uh, Denzel's filmography, these are movies, these two actors are in movies that fail, but for them being in them. And I, I think when you say, you know, Denzel's the, the biggest movie star of our generation, I mean, I can't quantify that, but I can't dispute it either. He's a one word, um, Denzel, and it's synonymous with one person. And he's, it's almost hard to believe he only has two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. These, these guys, Denzel and Hanks, are people that elevate movies. And, you know, when you think about who you are, who you can compare them to, uh, you know, I, I think a lot about, about Meryl Streep uh, in terms of her elevation of movies that just, like, don't matter sometimes. You know, uh, The Iron Lady, for mm-hmm. example. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, they that that's what they do. They elevate movies. They and you know we we I will I'll get to in a little bit uh, some of the other movies that I believe should have been in consideration uh, and some of the biases that that the Academy has against you know popcorn movies or sports movies or you know that kind of thing. But um, action films, uh, <laughs> but you know movies movies where Denzel wins in our hearts. And I'm sure, you know, Tom in a little bit as well. <laughs> but in that way, I think they're probably the two most similar actors, uh, you know, of the last 20 or 30 years in that, um, you know, they're, 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 when you see their face on a poster, it's synonymous almost with quality. You almost give it the benefit of the doubt more so than you do even with um, maybe more decorated actors, uh, you know, for example, you know, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, who's frequently cited as the best, uh, you know, method actor of our generation, um, you know, he picks and chooses his spots, and that's certainly his strength. When you look at uh, Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, um, obviously you can pick out, uh, you know, a seven-year period where they were exceptionally hot. 
Um, but you look at the body of work over 30 years and, and it is hard to comprehend how, um, you know, it's almost sad that they only have, you know, one Academy Award in, in the best supporting and best actor categories because you have these two guys and, you know, Hanks only has two. Uh, Denzel only has two and one of them is a supporting and, and it's almost hard to believe given that you know I, I could have you know, I, I watched Remember the Titans mm-hmm. and I, I love Co- Coach Herman Boone I think that's a great performance and it's a PG Disney yep. movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I mean yeah I mean that that uh, that that's exactly right you know one of the things that I think about when it comes to people like Denzel and people like Tom Hanks is you know do we have uh not fatigue because they're in so much um, and they do so much and they've been around for so long, but you know, do people, do people water them down? Right. Because here's the thing, right. And, and this is, this is, you know, a story about, uh, about my parents. Like when, when you talk, if you ask my parents about Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks, the first things that they remember are St. Elsewhere and bosom buddies, you know, like, that's how these guys got their start. They are likable. They can do anything. And they are ever present, uh, you know, doing all these different types of roles. And it makes me wonder, do, are they, are they underrated? Are they undervalued? I mean, it's a hard thing to say about, you know, Washington and Hanks, but. No, I, I, I actually think you're right on. I, I think the problem with Tom Hanks and the problem with Denzel Washington is that they are both so great we don't appreciate them properly to draw an analogy that we could both relate to. It's like uh, Jordan putting up 35 in a finals game. It's an extraordinary achievement, but one everyone just shrugs off. You see a performance like Tom Hanks and Sully or uh, Denzel Washington in fences. And uh, it almost gets lost because uh, it's Denzel and it's Hanks. And you don't even think about the fact that Tom Hanks wasn't nominated for Sully because it was an understated role, but he played it perfectly. And Denzel doesn't win for fences, which, you know, is one of the uh, great Denzel roles of all time. Um, and obviously that's a controversial loss in of itself, but I, yeah, I think part of their problem is they're so good. They're so great. And we as an audience have become almost immune to it because again, um, you know, we take it for granted. We shouldn't take LeBron James for granted. We shouldn't take, Denzel Washington for granted. We shouldn't take Tom Hanks for granted. They're unbelievable. They're exceptional at their craft. And I think that almost makes them underrated because we had 20 years probably ending in the mid 2000s where, um, you know, they were celebrated. They were the A plus plus. And then, uh, you know, there's no other way to say it. They got a little old um, and others rose and that's how it is. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that they are, crafty vets they know how to they know how to shrug the defender and get the open three they they are um once in a generation and they're both in our generation so we best appreciate them yeah yeah exactly exactly so you know getting back to the 74th academy awards 2002 training day uh alonzo harris amazing character great film uh i actually think you know i i can always rewatch that film i can always rewatch many denzel washington performances but when you look at the film as a whole and you compare it to the other films from that year and the other performances, I actually think it, 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 it's maybe a little overrated, which is the whole point of you know, what we're talking about here is that he has done better stuff before and even compared to the other people doing things that year. I think Training Day is a little overrated, maybe a little underwritten um, or maybe overwritten. I don't know. It depends on, depends on your view. Um, and 
you know, I, I wonder, uh, I, a beautiful, Russell Crowe, beautiful mind, amazing that year. Um, but I wonder, you know, I, if, if, if I had to pick, I'm going to take it away from Denzel. I'm probably going to give it to Will Smith. I- Jay, the, I think the biggest problem I have with training day is like what you said. Uh, it's definitely a great performance. Alonzo Harris is iconic in his own right, but it almost doesn't feel right because, I mean, in my mind, it's not even in the top three great Denzel Washington uh, performances. Um, I'm all about giving him a best actor whenever the opportunity mm-hmm. comes, but uh, two, year, two years before that for the hurricane, um, that is my favorite uh, Denzel performance. I thought he should have won that year. Um, Hate put me in here. Love is going to bust me out is one of the great under delivered lines in, in recent movie history. Um, so when I look at training, Day, I mean, training day is entertaining, but I almost remember that movie as great as Denzel is almost more for Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. because Ethan Hawke in his own, uh, we'll put it intimate, intimidated way goes toe to toe with Denzel and he has to be kind of crafty about it. It's a great movie in that sense. Um, but definitely, for me, uh, not the most iconic Denzel Washington performance before that or even since then. So it is a little weird when you look at his resume uh, that that is his Oscar yeah. for Best Actor, I should say. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I totally agree. I mean, the person I think about, obviously, everybody thinks about Denzel in Training Day. But the person I really think about the most is Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke is, is phenomenal in Training Day. You know, it, it, when I think about it, I, I, I think more about him than I think about Denzel. But there are two other movies where, you know, there are many other movies. When I think about them, I think only about Denzel Washington, right? Two that were where he was nominated for Oscars, where I think he should have won them. Uh, you mentioned one of them, right? One is one is a hurricane. Um, I really like the hurricane. I think that him not winning an Oscar that year says a lot about um, how Hollywood views, you know, sports movies. Maybe it says something about, uh, you know, Hollywood wanting a complicated, you know, nuanced script uh, in addition to the performance. But also, if you look at that year, uh, Kevin Spacey wins that year for American Beauty. Uh, you know, obviously, issues with Kevin Spacey now. Even looking back, you know. I, when these things come come up and and you know you you re-examine your relationship with a person like Kevin Spacey, um, you look back on American Beauty and it's a good film. Uh, was he really the best actor that year? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think I think Denzel was better in The Hurricane significantly. I think he really, really, really carries that movie in a significant way. Um, so you know, I don't think it's his best performance. So I think uh, his best performance is in Malcolm X. Uh, Malcolm X is a long movie, <laughs> you know, Spike makes long movies sometimes, uh, when we were talking about this, uh, doing this pod, uh, and we may still do this later, you know, the first person I thought of about was Spike, uh, I should just rewatch Malcolm X recently and Jesus, that's a long movie. <laughs> and, but it, it, one of the beautiful things that it highlights is the nuance of the Denzel Washington performance. I mean, you have, you know, Denzel early and he's young and he's vibrant and he's, you know, doing stupid stuff. And there's a little like, imagine if American gangster Denzel was like a young guy in it. Um, And then you see him evolve over time and you see him, you know, be kind of pure of heart and pure of thought 
and then move into, you know, being skeptical and, you know, caring about it. I mean, it's a, the range in that performance is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So that year, that Oscar year, uh, Al Pacino wins for Son of a Woman, uh, which is interesting, right? Because it's really funny because actually earlier today, uh, our, our wonderful host, and fearless leader Demilso was just talking about how Al Pacino's overacting in Son of a Woman, which I totally, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with, and how uh, uh, Heat is is you know a much better performance, which is also totally true. Uh, so, so I mean that's 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 the when you look at what he's been nominated for, I think those are the three main ones in contention or at least if you're thinking about when he got his first one right which is training day the ones that came before hurricane and malcolm x i think malcolm x is the one uh it's really wonderful to see him work off of you know back and forth off of such great actor one of the things i forgot about malcolm x is how many amazing actors are in malcolm x uh so you know i i think it's i think when you look at uh when you look at denzel's films i think it's I think it's Malcolm X. Um, you know, I think there's a case for the hurricane. Uh, but I think training day is, you know, what we talk about. It's the, it's the Oscars being late to things. It's them giving kind of achieve achievement awards to people, but it's like, just give people the awards they deserve and then give them achievement awards later. Like, you know, Denzel Washington has a lifetime achievement award. Good. He deserves a lifetime achievement award. Um, and he and he also has has an Oscar for Trinidad, which is great. He deserved it for Malcolm X. I don't know if the Academy, you know, before it definitely wasn't in a place where it would reward a film like Malcolm X, even if the performance was phenomenal. Maybe it's getting to that place now. We'll see. Um, you know, there are other movies that, as we talked about before, and this is really, I think, what I care more about, <laughs> which is that, there are other movies that Denzel Washington should have been nominated for. I mean, you look at, like I said, 1981 to today, you look at this guy's filmography, um, you know, we're going to get to this guy in a little bit, but I think the interaction between him and, and Tom Hanks in Philadelphia is phenomenal. Uh, you know, there it's a problematic character. I think it's supposed to be a problematic character. So, uh, Den- he's, he's supposed yeah, exactly. to be. But he also, he also reflects the zeitgeist of 1993, yeah. Uh, how people looked at people with HIV AIDS Um, and looking at his, if you give him the Oscar for best actor and Malcolm X, I mean, he has a run of, I guess Philadelphia we categorize as a supporting role, but I think he has as much screen time Mm -hmm. as Hanks, Uh, maybe, maybe a tad less. I mean, his performance there is is fantastic. Uh, Crimson Tide is probably the most overlooked movie of the nineties. I guess he's a supporting actor in that. Um, is he? Maybe because uh, because what, what uh, I mean it's I mean it's him and Gene Hackman right and, and they're mano yeah. a mano uh, yeah right. and I and yeah, his sorry go ahead no his his performance is pitch perfect just kind of uh, there's the undertones of race uh, you know racial strife or at least racial mm-hmm. tension between a uh, you know commissioned officer in, in the United States military a, a young black um, number two in a submarine with an old fashioned number one and obviously then everything that happens in that movie and just how he plays his role as uh, just silently taking it. There's that great scene at the end where Gene Hackman slaps him twice and you just feel the intensity and he doesn't say anything. It is just all his, uh, the 
just how the atmosphere of a movie just swirls around his presence. And he's in a small submarine. Uh, uh, I guess it's a command center or a bridge. I don't know what the term is. Um, but, I, you know, you could easily, and this goes to one of your favorite rants, which is maybe the uh, bias against entertaining popcorn movies. I mean, that that performance is as good as, as any of his others. It's just a, maybe a little bit different. You don't get that over-the-top Denzel, you know, King Kong ain't got nothing mm-hmm. on me line um, or any of his million speeches in Malcolm X. Uh, but Crimson Tide, for my money, it's one of my favorite performances. It's right up there with Man on Fire. Uh, Man on Fire just doesn't age that well. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly right. Uh, I love I love the take on Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide is one of the movies that I wanted to mention, but you really hit all the important points. Like the fact that they're literally in a submarine. There's a lot of facial acting. You know, uh, uh, you know, we talked about Philadelphia, Crimson Tide, uh, Inside Man. Great performance. I mean, I think there are better performances in that movie. I think that's a severely underrated movie. Uh, American Gangster is a good one. You know, Unstoppable. I'm in the Unstoppable Hive. You can't tell me that Denzel Washington and Chris Pine aren't amazing in that. <laughs> the Equalizer, I think, is I think is great. It's funny because uh, we hear a lot of talk these days, or more recently, about Keanu and you know his resurgence in in action films. Uh, but I think the first Equalizer was was amazing. <laughs> Can can we can we see Denzel having uh, like a fifth act in Hollywood as an old Liam Neeson just doing these equalizer yeah. movies? There's a new one coming I, I, out, uh, I think, right? Or did it come out last year? I forget. No, he did. He didn't. He did an equalizer okay, okay. too. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, we could you went you hit on a few of his dramatic roles. American Gangster, I think, maybe missed its mark a little. So both him and Russell Crowe are a bit mm-hmm. overlooked. Um, I think people were just expecting that movie to be an A plus and it's an A minus or a B plus. So I think both of their performances get overlooked a little bit. But when you go back and watch it, his Frank Lucas is he's a son of a bitch mm-hmm. and he plays it. He plays it great. Uh, his ability to do a great popcorn movie and a great popcorn uh, elevate. Maybe again, a, a bad movie, a movie that comes to mind is a uh, two of them deja vu and at mm-hmm. a time you put, you put those movies and you put those scripts um, and even the equalizer, uh, you put those movies in the hands of, of someone else that just doesn't have the gravitas and the seriousness of, of, of Denzel. Um, and by seriousness, I just mean when he's in a movie, you take it seriously, mm-hmm. even if he's not. Um, I think those movies don't, uh, I, I think they all kind of fail in their own different ways. I know a lot of people don't like deja vu. I, I think that was just, um, lampooned on last week tonight, actually. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I thought it was uh, really entertaining um, and hypnotizing. And I don't remember anything about the plot. I just remember him. Um, and I know he's racing against time um, and stuff like that. And his uh, ability just to elevate a good movie to make it a, or, or an average movie to make it a good movie to an almost great movie is something that's really, really special and really uh, particular to him. Um, and maybe even a little less so to Tom Hanks, but I think Denzel maybe has a gift that few others do. And I think it's just because his charisma is unrivaled. You always like Denzel's character. Always. Even Frank Lucas has his own charisma. Even, uh, I mean, Robert McCall's, or, uh, his uh, character in Flight, uh, Captain mm-hmm. Whitaker. You know, you, you feel for him in a way that maybe in a different, uh, different actor, different role, you would maybe resent someone who's had so many chances to just you know, not do cocaine before flying a plane. 
but but because it's Denzel, you're just like, come on, man, put it away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's a that's a great point. And that is the charisma is the point that I'm going to end on uh, because I think the most severely overlooked movie, uh, the most severely overlooked Denzel movie, is a movie we already briefly mentioned, uh, and that is Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans is a popcorn film. It's a Disney film. Uh, you know, some people would say it is overwritten. Some people say it is underwritten. But think about, you know, Will Patton's phenomenal in that movie. Wood Harris is in that movie. Donald Faison, Ryan Gosling. You have a bunch of these, like, young actors who aren't famous yet. Or they're getting there. You know, Hayden Panettiere is in that movie. Kate Bosworth. You they're getting, they're getting there, they're, and, and who's the leader, right? It's Denzel Washington, just like striding around with charisma, um, you know, beautiful message in the movie, but that is, there are, part, there are times in that movie where Denzel is understated. There are lots of times it's a Disney movie where <laughs> Denzel is overstated. Uh, and it's probably, you know, when you think about Denzel Washington movies, and you think about what's on TV or what's on cable or what's on Netflix or whatever, uh, you know, what's the one where if it's five minutes in or if it's 15 or if it's 50 minutes in the one that I'm just going to, you know, keep watching it's remember the Titans. Right. So, but man, Denzel to be able to go toe to toe with Gene Hackman. I mean, there are other roles. I have a soft spot in my heart for Mississippi Masala. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. maybe haven't seen it. It's underrated, but I, I actually think you hit on something really so remember the Titans is one of those roles that, I mean, it's a Disney movie, so maybe not everyone takes it seriously when it comes out, but I mean, we just rewatched it about a year ago. Um, and I think if you rewatch it today or really anytime post Charlottesville in 2017, it's, it, 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 it's message is unfortunately aged a little too well. It's as relevant, probably more relevant now than it was in 2000. Um, one of the quotes that stuck out for me from, uh, Ken Burns' uh, Civil War series, which I guess is problematic these days in its own way, but it, it really applies to Remember the Titans, is, um, you know, the Civil War is still being fought today and it can still be lost. The battles that he was fighting in Remember the Titans, uh, you know, that, that movie deals with integration, it deals with tolerance, it also deals with patience in some ways. I mean, those are unfortunately way too relevant here in summer 2020 than uh, at any time in my life. And I, I think that uh, his performance, um, you know, obviously it's somewhat fictionalized. These people are not as perfect as they're ever made out to be. But um, again, put that movie in the hands of, of someone lesser and it comes across as campy, um, maybe maybe a little bit too Disney, but put it in the hands of Denzel Washington. He's a, he's a powerful voice, and, you know, speaking from an era that we're all reliving. Yeah. Um, which, again, just speaks to his magical ability. Yeah. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And just, you know, final final point on, on that is, so I'm looking at that year and we're going to get to who you want to talk about that year. <laughs> but, but uh, so I, I won't step on it too much, but that's Crow for Gladiator. Uh, the guy we're going to talk about, you're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, Javier Bardem for Before Night Falls, Ed Harris for Pollock, and Jeffrey Rush for Quills. I think, I think the Academy needs to think more about putting a Denzel Washington or remember the Titans in there. I think he wouldn't win that year. I think Malcolm X is the year, right? I think that's the year. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it, it's worth the nomination. Um, 
and just just generally about the topic, you know, like like we said earlier, the academy needs to to, and I think they'll do this more as their uh, as their their membership changes, uh, but they need to think more about just giving Oscars to the people who deserve them that year <laughs> instead of career Oscars. You know, there are some other people I've thought about and maybe we'll get to eventually um, uh, people like Spike Lee and people like, you know, Viola Davis and Penelope Cruz and Whoopi Goldberg. And, and there's just so many examples. And I think when there's that many examples, and it's funny because when you talk about the examples, as we've already talked about with Denzel and we'll get to with, with your pick here, um, you start going down rabbit holes because you realize, oh, this person deserved it this year, which means that person deserved it that year because they got it another year. You know, it's it's completely ridiculous. So come on, Academy. I'm, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> but what what else could they be exactly? doing? Exactly. Yeah. So just uh, before I hand it over to you, let me just um, re restate that uh, Denzel wins in uh at the 74th academy awards in 2002 for training day uh and i'm going to reassign that uh to his role uh in malcolm x which was malcolm x um i actually don't have the the year in front of me so i'm not sure what i think that was 1992 yeah there you go yeah so i'm going to take your vacated 2001 oscar which I was fine awarding it to Denzel, but I am going to shift things around a little bit. Uh, Russell Crowe won in 2000 for Gladiator. Gladiator is a great performance. Uh, It is not the best performance of that year, and it is not Russell Crowe's best performance. Russell Crowe's best performance, in my opinion, was a year later in A Beautiful Mind. I give the 2001 Oscar to Russell Crowe, and I, uh, 20 years after the fact, no statute of limitations, uh, award the year 2000 Best Actor to Mr. Tom Hanks for his role in Castaway, playing Chuck Noland, beloved FedEx executive <laughs> who's marooned on a on a deserted island. Which, um... so yeah, and, and Saving Private Ryan. You know that year, some other great performances. Obviously, Hanks is nominated; he doesn't win. But you know, and this is kind of going back to you know the point I made a little earlier. Um, actually, this is more so the point with Hanks. But, you know, when I was talking about Remember the Titans and Denzel, Tom Hanks is leading Saving Private Ryan. And think about who's in that, right? Edward Burns, Matt Damon, Vin Diesel, Giovanni Ribisi, like all these young actors. But then all a lot of also other actors that are of Hanks's generation. And you have these great actors like working off of each other. And the thing you remember, right? I mean, it's called Saving Private Ryan. It's about Matt Damon, uh, you know, but the thing I remember is, you know, Hanks' handshaking, right? And I remember, you know, people trying to figure out what he was. And like, the fact that you can tell when you figure out he's a teacher, you, of course, he's a teacher. You know what I mean? Like, of course, because you see it in everything that he's been doing. And it, it's, it, when you have, when you give that type of performance, I, I mean, I think part partially you're elevated by working with such good people, even if they're younger people, but you know, he's just miles, miles ahead of other people while also being, you know, like Denzel likable and having this charisma. Um, I think the Academy maybe becomes a little too obsessed with the Daniel Day Lewis's of the world and the total, 
you know, the, the, the total transformations or that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, the everyday guy thing that Hanks can pull off, like you're, like you're saying is not an easy thing to do because it's not like he's just playing himself. Right. Uh, yeah. No. And I, I think you just, uh, saw through me. Um, you saw right into my heart, uh, you know, saving private Ryan, um, that year, uh, should have won Best Picture. It's uh, it definitely it's in my rotating top four favorite movies. I think it's close to perfect. But I also think you just nailed what I love about Hanks' performance because the movie is it, it's a war movie, but it's as much about some of the more nonsensical aspects of war um, and, and its effect on the participants. And I think his. Uh, I think you nailed things about his performance. Of, of course, he's a school teacher. This is uh, like so many others, uh, it, you know, portraying roles of, of the uh, soldiers in World War II. They were normal people. And he is uh, exceptional playing a normal person. Actually, you know, to be fair, uh, everyone in that movie is, is very good at kind of playing someone to a degree who's a fish out of water. None of them anticipated uh, being born and ending up on a beach in Normandy being fired at by uh, 88s and, um, you know, 25,000 Germans, but, uh, his, his ability to just, um, kind of fit in seamlessly. Like you said, he's a teacher. If you said banker, if you said janitor, if you said any number of things, you would have been like, of course. And, um, you know, getting back to kind of his, I guess his most decorated every person role. And he's not really even in every person for Philadelphia, uh, like Denzel Washington, um, in his own way, needs no introduction. He has two Academy Awards to his name. He's a five-time nominee um, for the Best Actor category. He was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood last year, which, uh, if not for Brad Pitt's incredible role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I would have been very happy uh, awarding uh, Tom Hanks his third Oscar last year. As we just discussed, he won for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, uh, a very rare feat in 93 and 94 going back to back, but um, I am going to take his 93 Oscar away. Cause you know, we do have a salary cap here. Um, I'm taking his 93 Oscar away from Philadelphia. I'm giving that year to uh, Liam Neeson as Oscar Schindler. Mm. And I'm giving Tom Hanks his second Oscar um, for his role in Castaway. He was otherwise nominated in big, that beloved classic, obviously Philadelphia, which he won Forrest Gump, which he won. Uh, Saving uh, Private Ryan, which is, again, a very underrated role for him. I think the movie is properly rated. It's one of my favorites. But as far as, you know, Captain John Miller, uh, when you watch that movie, you see the genius of his performance. And it, it maybe gets lost um, in the obsession with uh, that movie's action sequences and uh, a few other things. Uh, he was also nominated for Castaway, but unfortunately lost to uh, Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Gladiator was just a a steamroller that year. Uh, there was no stopping it. And I think uh, as much as I do enjoy Gladiator, I think Russell Crowe's performance is great. It's just, again, it's a, a uh, it's a a level performance in a year that there was an a plus, which gets me to my big rant, <laughs> which is the problem with Tom Hanks. And this somewhat applies to, to Denzel Washington, which is what we just talked about. The problem with both of them is that they are, they are so, damn good that we lose sight of a performance that is so damn good because we just expect it and specific to tom hanks what makes tom hanks so special uh in my mind is his biggest problem is that he is exceptional at making you think he's average 
And by that, I mean he has the innate ability to play an average person in every respect, and we believe it. But the only thing average about Tom Hanks is his exceptional ability to play someone average. There's nothing average about his performance. And his choice and ro- roles kind of show his genius and uh, his understanding of one of uh, what I think is an underrated truism is in acting. You know, so often the Academy and audiences get obsessed with uh, actors or actresses that try to play someone who's fundamentally different than themselves, which is uh, great. Uh, we don't get Daniel Plainview if Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't want to play someone outrageously different than him. Uh, we don't get Margaret Thatcher if, if Meryl Streep want, doesn't want to play someone who's you know diametrically opposed to her in, in almost every facet. Um, Tom Hanks kind of goes the other way, and he plays uh, people where it's not about playing someone fundamentally different, but just getting the audience to buy into whoever he is playing, and he's exceptional at that. You know, uh, the example that I cited before, I thought his performance in Sully was was well worth a nomination. But because uh, that performance, the genius in in the Sully performance was a captain whose pulse rate did not go up as his plane was literally going down. And so, I mean, Tom Hanks to play that role has to play someone who exudes calm, exudes confidence, exudes uh, a quiet genius. I think that doesn't always cut... um, the same narrative that maybe it used to, because in a lot of ways, Philadelphia was that role and he was decorated for that. He was heralded for that. He got his first uh, Academy award for that, but it's almost as if we lost sight of why we love him and uh, almost ignore his genius because it's been 19 years, Jay, 19 <laughs> years you've dated women. Never mind. Um, <laughs> it's been 19 years since he's been nominated for an Academy Award in the Best Actor category. When you look at his roles, obviously he's not on the uh, hot streak he was in the 90s. But, um, you know, obviously there's been several roles in there uh, that were well worthy of praise. And I think maybe just like Denzel, we lose sight of that because of just how great we know that he is. Yeah. Tom Hanks playing a... a uh, person with HIV AIDS in the early 1990s had a a substantial impact on uh, how people thought about how they treated uh, people with HIV AIDS. That movie has cultural significance. I respect it. It's just for me, uh, you know, not his best uh, performance. It is flawless. Um, I can't take it away from Forrest Gump because he plays someone with uh, disabilities. And this is like what we talked about in relation to Denzel Washington's uh, popcorn movies, if you put Out of Time in the hands of someone who's not Denzel Washington, it falls apart. If you put Forrest Gump in the hands of any actor who doesn't hit every note perfectly, uh, you know, it becomes lampoons in Tropic Thunder. Uh, It's a movie that could have very easily gone wrong. It's a performance that could have very easily, um, you know, been lampooned if it isn't done pitch perfectly. And Tom Hanks is pitch perfect. Uh, He nails the entire two and a half hours and the movie only works if he does. So that brings me to Castaway, which for Castaway for me is my favorite Tom Hanks performance. And this is why. First off, he's essentially playing four roles in it. So the the first 20, 25 minutes of the movie, he's a somewhat decorated executive for FedEx. He has a fiance with Helen Hunt. Um, he has certain blind spots, like he doesn't realize that his uh, coworker, uh, coworker's wife is going through cancer. You kind of connect with him as 
the guy just kind of trying to do his best. The average Tom Hanks classic, Everyman. His second role in the movie is kind of this just absolute fish out of water stranded on the island. Me and you, non-Eagle Scouts, put in a role <laughs> where we actually have to hunt and gather for our own food. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, but we connect with him because he's thrust into this world without clocks, refrigerators, beds. And we see him learn, adapt, struggle. His everyman quality is perfect for that because when you see Tom Hanks, we think, you know, America's uncle, that just normal everyday guy, the school teacher from Saving Private Ryan. So we're able to connect on a very deep level when we see him unable to open a coconut, unable to dragging um, leaves and trying to form a bed um, because that would be all of us in, in a way that so many Tom Hanks roles are what we connect with being, you know, all of us. His third role in that movie is kind of like the um, Island Man Extraordinaire, where he's spearing fish. He uh, has his whole cave decorated. Um, you know, he did a tooth extraction. Uh, it, it, he, he kind of evolves, and, and we evolve with him. And finally, his last role is the last 15 to 20 minutes of the movie is he plays kind of the traumatized survivor. He has to be uh, reintegrated. And again, this role in someone without... Tom Hanks' ability to kind of slot into almost our stereotypes of someone in his position just doesn't work as well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I mean, I think Castaway is a severely underrated movie. I think it's one of those movies that I didn't realize it until like a couple of years ago, but it's also one of those movies that because of the way, I, I like that you framed it as four different characters. I think because of the way that it's structured, and the way that he is in it, when you do see it on, you're like, oh, I'm going to, I, w- I want to see him, you know, uh, interact with Wilson. I want to see him interact with his wife when he gets back, right? Like, I want to see him drive down that dirt, dirt road at the end. Uh, so it's it's a severely underrated movie. I think it's a, gr- I think it's a great role. I fully, um, you know, am fully aligned to rewarding it there. However, I, I think this is, I think it's really hard for Hanks because one of the other things that, um, and this applies partially to Denzel, maybe more so to Hanks. Like I'm just looking at his filmography right now. He's he has a 10 year run from '92 to 2002 or 2000, it's right? Flawless. Which is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. Like let's let's start let's start with a League of Their Own. That's '92, right? And I'm just gonna read down. I won't skip like I won't skip. You know, I'll read all of them to 2002. It's a League of Their Own. Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, That Thing You Do, which is severely underrated, by the way. I love that movie. Excellent movie. (laughs) Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, Castaway, which obviously we're talking about right now. And then, you know, there's, I think, My Big Fat Geek Wedding is in there. I don't remember him in that, by the way. Um, Road to Perdition well, and Catch Me If You Can, which is, yeah. So he, he, he I think he produced it. He bankrolled oh, that I movie. See. I'm also remembering that time that he bankrolled and got Band of Brothers onto HBO yep. with Spielberg. And to end with, uh, you know, Road to Perdition and Catch Me If You Can, it's, it's just an unbelievable run. Unbelievable. There are, there are a few more things about his performance that I did want to sure. note. Just with, with why... I, I think that this movie more than any other showcases his full range of abilities. Um, the whole from between uh, saying goodbye to Helen Hunt's like the, the I'll be right back scene versus the iconic I made fire scene, like where you're just laughing and also just euphoric for him because now there's a chance he might survive. 
um, to him, uh, his relationship with Wilson. There's just the range that he has to show in this movie is, is more so than his other films. I think you see the, the full Hanks spectrum as opposed to Forrest Gump. He played someone else. That was him mm-hmm. showing you what he could do if he put on a mask. Uh, this shows you everything that Tom Hanks as Tom Hanks can do. And, uh, you know, what you brought up in uh, one of uh, Denzel's roles, uh, which we talked about on Crimson Tide, where because they're in the submarine, there's a limitation on what, uh, you know, how much of the world they can show. Mm-hmm. So, so much of the performance becomes what isn't necessarily in the written word or spoken, but physical and body and facial expression. And here, there's no music for an hour and a half in the movie. There's also no other human being besides Tom Hanks for an hour and a half mm-hmm. in the movie. But we, th- it almost never feels quiet because we're looking at him, we're looking at his face, we're looking at him pound the coconut and have no idea how to get the milk out. And, and, and so much of the performance is body language and facial expression in a way that uh, kind of reminded me of, of for example, um, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant, where because he had his throat cut for about an hour in the film where he couldn't even talk, it was just him grunting, his face, his struggle, and you connected with that. It kind of shows you what else he could do. Um, another thing, just because we just love all love Tom Hanks so much, the, the fact that when he's on the island and he, just, he doesn't cry, but uh, you know we're almost crying with him as we just see his despair and then when he loses his best friend, we feel like we lose our best friend. When Wilson's floating away, I, I mean, it, it's hard to keep a dry eye in that moment. And I think, again, like so many other things, you put the wrong person in that role that just doesn't have the range. The movie fails. Castaway, is a, it, it's a, maybe a little bit too long. Again, it takes a risk in that there's no uh, music. There's no co-star other than Helen Hunt for 10 minutes at the beginning and end. But... The movie works, and the movie works because of a generational genius that is Tom Hanks. Yeah, couldn't have couldn't 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 have said it better. I mean, it, Tom Tom Hanks is one of those people that just has so many, so many you know ridiculously watchable movies. And Castaway, you wouldn't think like if you if you read it on the page, you say, oh, like okay, this is you know maybe this gives uh, a great actor a chance to do a, a great performance. You, you don't think it's 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 watchable on the page but you know hanks makes it watchable right uh, the guy that the guy that can do so many different things um you know i i think i brought up bosom buddies earlier the other thing my parents think about when they think about tom hanks is turner and hooch you know yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah, turner and hooch, yeah. like that's like a, a guy that is that relatable and that likable can you know, bring anything, even him being alone on an island with no music for an hour and a half, uh, to, to be able to bring that to life and make you be able to relate to it is is definitely, you know, a, a generational talent, like you said. And, and obviously, um, besides the kind of Oscar-worthy roles that, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, that you could just run the gamut of both Tom Hanks and Denzel's resume, and you could almost give it to any one of them, and it wouldn't feel unjust. But I mean, besides that nine to 10 year run that you talked about before, Tom Hanks has been in a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even think about some of the, the, the more overlooked movies of the past 10 years. I know Bridge of Spies was nominated for Best Picture, maybe a tad overrated because it had Tom Hanks and Spielberg's name on it, but on its own, a, a very solid movie. And again, 
uh, put into the hands of someone else maybe doesn't work, especially with the supporting performances in that movie, one of which gets an Oscar. Uh, the Toy Story, you know, all four of them, I know that it's only a voice role, but his uh, portrayal of Woody, it, you, can't, you can't put that cowboy face to another voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Robert Langdon movies, which, again, I know have problems, especially if you read the books, but just on their basis, he does not mail it in. He believes in the material, even if the material isn't exactly um, the good stuff. And those movies only work in my book as, you know, popcorn movies because the central character is taking it as seriously as one could, given the maybe uh, flimsy nature of the script. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love all those. One of my uh, Tom Hanks shouts, and maybe I love this movie because I love, love, love the book. Uh, and it's, you know, a phenomenally well-written uh, movie by, you know, some, uh, by, by a great screenwriter, uh, is Charlie Wilson's War. Like, I love, because yeah. that is not Tom Hanks, you know? Like, that is Charlie Wilson, and mm-hmm. it is so good, and he is so good in it. Um, and, you know, and, and other things, I didn't realize he was the uh, director and screenwriter of Larry Crown. If anybody remembers Larry Crown, like, that movie's, like, uh, refreshing. It's lovely. I liked Larry Kahn. Yeah. I liked Larry Kahn. And one of my favorite movies of the 90s was Apollo 13. Yep. And, and you just go on and on. And, and, you know, this is why these two guys, uh, Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, are just so fun to talk about because I could have gone any number of directions. Obviously, Castaway for me is my favorite Hanks performance. But, you know, I could have given it to him in Apollo 13 or any, you know, number of movies, Saving Private Ryan, and I would have felt just fine about it. These two guys are absolute treasures we should hug them embrace them enjoy all their you know performances because they're not going to live forever they're not going to work forever and they're uh one of a kind and we got two of them at the same time so denzel washington um now has the academy award for uh, malcolm x in 1992 congratulations denzel <laughs> Uh, Tom Hanks, I took away Philadelphia. Sorry, bud, but you got the award in 2000, and I hope it is not another 19 years until you get nominated again. It is a travesty. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, we'll have more bonus episodes on the way. Please rate, review, subscribe. This has been One More Take. Bye. 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 Bye.